A friend once, in a conversation, described themselves in such a negative manner and in such an undervaluing way that I really could not believe or understand why they were saying such things, why they were being so negative about themselves. This friend did not see themselves as beautiful or attractive. This friend spoke so harshly about their looks and minimized completely the value of their character that they maligned their own selves. So negative about their own character. Not overtly. You know, this wasn't somebody that was looking for... You know, they were looking for somebody to build them up. They were looking for somebody to say, oh no, that's not so... They were being genuine. And it was over the course of several hours of conversation. And it just struck me how negatively they talked about themselves. They genuinely laughed at the notion that others would find them desirable or of any worth. And yet, this friend was so completely and obviously wrong completely wrong. This friend was beautiful, in spirit, outwardly also, personally engaging, a very attractive person. Somebody that other people just wanted to hang around. Funny, engaging, but they couldn't see it. Intelligent, deeply caring for others, having a faith and a heart for God that just magnified all their own natural qualities. A faith and a heart for God that magnifies their natural qualities. My friend is of incredible worth to me and others and all that know them. But who can bear to hear, hear those things? When you have such a negative view of yourself, is there any telling that self? Is there any telling that friend the real truth about them? Are any of us so self-assured that we know exactly who we are on our own real worth? We just know who we are and we have it right. In my observations of myself, and of others, we outwardly seem to portray ourselves somewhere along a false or unreal spectrum. So imagine this line of possibilities, this spectrum, this chart from one end to the other, two extremes. At one end, one end of the scale or spectrum is the extreme self-confident person. Seemingly filled with such self-assurance, they, they're always right. They know what they're doing in every situation. They have all the answers. And the world should be happy that they're in it. Some of you laugh. You know some of those people? The other end of the spectrum is, or can manifest itself in a way, of total self-loathing. 
debilitating lack of confidence, no self-respect, no appreciation for one's innate qualities, genuinely seeing oneself as a failure of no worth at all. The world is right, they might say, to not want me in it. And then thirdly, there are these graduated steps from one end to the other. We may say, well, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm balanced. I'm in the middle. Is that a good place to be? I'm no psychiatrist, but it seems to me that this sliding scale that I've just described, this spectrum, is not a scale at all, but it is in fact an endless loop. It's a loop that flows around and around and around again. There is no real end or beginning. And if we're on it with such extreme opinions of ourselves, then we are trapped. We all carry self-doubt. We all undervalue ourselves. We all loathe at least one thing about ourselves very deeply. We all feel unworthy, not good enough. We try and conceal, conceal that from the world. Maybe by being on that one end of the spectrum with overconfidence and arrogance and self-righteousness or self-importance or however you want to describe it. It's a facade covering the same weaknesses that we all have. Then, of course, the other end, perhaps disguising with clothing or how we present ourselves to the world, enhancing our outward appearance with a facade again. And then maybe some of us just conceal it by hiding in the shadows. Sometimes hiding in plain sight. I think all of us at different times and in different ways see only our failures. Seeing only our flaws, unable to see any real value in ourselves. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44... Jesus gives us two examples of what he likened the kingdom of heaven. And more importantly, what, he, what we are like to him. In verse 44 he says again, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Then in verse 45, he describes it again in a similar way, saying, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful, beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, a very traditional view of this passage, of these two parables, is that we are the merchant that we are the man who finds this beautiful treasure, this kingdom of God, eternal life with God and all that it entails. We find this 
precious jewel, this precious treasure. And there is truth in that. There is elements of that view that I think are true. But if we look at it in that, in that context, then we miss the real message of these two parables. The whole context of the parables that this, these two parables are found in are set in the midst of four parables that are talking of the kingdom of heaven. And those four parables talk about how God is gathering for the kingdom of heaven. Not that we are gathering for ourselves the kingdom of heaven. But God is gathering. For in truth there is nothing, is there, that we can do. There is nothing that we can sell and have enough money, have enough purchasing power to buy the kingdom of heaven. We can't do that. So what are these parables saying then? I believe that the man or the merchant is Jesus. And the treasure, the pearl, is you. And he sold all that he had to buy you. You are the treasure. You are the pearl. And he just emptied himself and bought the field, bought the world where we all reside. He bought us. Now, I'm sorry if that messes with your world view. I'm sorry if, well, wait a second, that make me, makes me, like, valuable or something. Well, it does. We are very precious to Him. I'm sorry if it undermines all the negative affirmations that you may say about yourself. But it's just the truth. You are the treasure and you are the pearl. You know, one, one interesting thing about pearls, I'm sure we've all heard, seen, there's video examples on YouTube of how pearls are formed. But just a tiny, small irritant when introduced into the oyster begins a process of creating a beautiful, beautiful object. A hurtful, uncomfortable, of no value speck of dust, of nothingness, is embedded into that oyster. It is an unworthy and painful core of the pearl as it gets covered with layer upon layer of this rich, beautiful, iridescent, incredible material. A stunning pearl of translucent beauty. God, in His wisdom, saw fit to put us here with all our flaws, with all our weaknesses and sins, and began a process to cover us with His blood, producing with each and every successive layer of His own blood a rich and precious jewel of tremendous value. 
You are the pearl. You are his treasure. When you came in today, you were all given a name tag. Does everybody have one? I want you to take out your name tag. Show me that you have it. All right. Now I want you to write on this name tag your favorite gemstone. you guys will sneak in the back door? <laughs> We're going to wait till everybody has one. And if you thought you were going to get away with it, my wife's involved, so... So, write on this label, on this name tag, your favorite gemstone. And um, there was a lot of consternation in the worship team when I asked to do this this morning. Because immediately said, well I can't do my favorite now because he did it. Just write your favorite gemstone. Looks like everybody, one more. All right. Everybody written down their favorite gemstone? Waiting on Amanda. Okay, so peel off the back and put it right here. You are the treasure. You are the pearl. And you're the reason he bought the field. You're the reason that he sold everything that he had because he wanted to buy each one of you. So for the rest of the afternoon, we all have to refer to one another as our gemstones. But that would be fun if you wanted to. I hope this message reminded you of something. Reminded you of what you are and who you are to our Heavenly Father. We're going to sing you a special music song entitled Remind Me Who I Am. If you know it, please sing along.
Because I forget who I am, dear. But I'm